Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 81. Some upgrades to the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting and their 75th anniversary celebration recorded live on Thursday, September 14th, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in. To this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight we're joined by Gary West, K8DEV, and Jay Adrick, K8CJY, from the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting in Westchester, Ohio, and we will take your calls in just a few minutes. On Ham Talk Live last week, Bobby Graves was here, KB5HAV, to talk about the Hurricane WatchNet and Lloyd Colston, KC5FM, from the voiceover IP Hurricane Net, and talked about the status of their nets. And uh, a lot of that health and welfare traffic is still passing around on some of the nets. And so if you missed out on the information on the Hurricane Nets, uh, you can... Tune us in at hamtalklive.com, or you can check out one of our podcast versions um, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and uh, we're also over on YouTube. do have uh, two announcements here before we take our break and then talk to uh, Gary and Jay tonight. Um, Nathan, N7NAN, wants to share a special event station, W7NTV. We'll be operating from the National Tribal Emergency Management Conference at the Tai Chi Palace Casino and Resort in Lemoore, California, September 18th through the 22nd. Uh, they'll be on 20 and 40 meters, and they'll post frequencies and times on their Facebook page. Post your call sign, date, time, frequency you made contact on the Facebook page. That's the NTARA, National Tribal Amateur Radio Association. So if you get a chance, get on the air and do that. And uh, one other announcement, we want to give a shout-out to Gail, the mother of Marty, KC1 Chicken with Fries, and his sister, Emma, who both passed their license exams this week. So congratulations and welcome to Ham Radio. And, uh, just really glad to see that happened 
here recently. So get your questions ready to go about the Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting. We'll be talking to uh, Gary and Jay. Uh, the telephone number when we get to that point is 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us at Ham Talk Live or tweet us at Ham Talk Live. And uh, we're going to talk to them first, so uh, don't call just yet, but that's how you will call us, and uh, we'll give you a chance to call in and ask some questions with Gary and Jay right after this word from the Ham Station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by The Ham Station. For over 37 years, The Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Coming to you live from the glass-enclosed Faraday Box, Here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live, the ham station. You know, September is is Buy Your Husband a Ham Radio Month, I I saw on Twitter. If you saw it on Twitter, it has to be true, right? So, you know, all you got to do is, is just drop a little hint and the phone number for the ham station. It's 800-729-4373. And, and you know, just mention, you know, an ICOM 7300 or a, or a TS-990 Kenwood would, be, would make a real nice present, you know. So they can do that or, or go to hamstation.com. Maybe you just leave the page up. Maybe, maybe that'll work. Well, thanks to the ham station for, uh, helping us out, pay part of the bills on the show and, uh, make sure you listen to us every Thursday night at 9 PM Eastern time right here at hamtalklive.com. Our guests tonight are Gary West, K8DEV, uh, was born and grew up in rural Ohio and came to Cincinnati in 1964 to attend the University of Cincinnati, where he graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in Industrial Management. Gary and his wife, Dee Dee, have been married uh, for 49 years and lived in the Cincinnati area that entire time, and uh, he is now retired. Uh, he was the co-owner of GW Associates. Uh, the consulting, packaging uh, brokers, and uh, and manufacturers representatives. And during his career, he held various management positions at Kroger Company, and uh, was also employed at Procter and Gamble, W O N E Radio, and W U B E Radio. And currently, Gary is uh, on the board of the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting and the Gray History of Wireless Museum. Um, he's an advanced class amateur radio operator and licensed in 1961. 
And also with us tonight is Jay Adrick, K-H-C-J-Y. He's been active in ham radio since uh, 61. He's a 51-plus year veteran of the broadcast industry. Um, in 2013, he retired from the Harris Corporation as their vice president of broadcast technology, but continues as um, a consultant in uh, the industry for uh, digital television, television spectrum issues, and um, some of those repacks uh, where they're moving some of the channels around. Um, he was awarded the Television Engineering Achievement Award by the NAB and a fellow of the Society of Motion Picture and Television Engineers and IEEE and uh, SBE as well. Uh, Jay serves as a board member of the Voice of America National Museum of Broadcasting. So guys, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Well, thanks well, thank for you. having us. Yeah, now that you've got uh, a big uh, gala event coming up here in a little over a week, and um, the 75th anniversary of The Voice of America is coming up, and um, you've got a big celebration there in Westchester, Ohio, on the north uh, suburbs, I guess we'll say, of Cincinnati, and um, the big celebration is coming up next Saturday on uh, the 23rd of September, so... Um, Gary, why don't you tell us about the big party? Well, we're looking forward to having a great time, Neil. Um, it's a dinner and dance party that's a fundraiser for the museum. And uh, it's going to be uh, very exciting because uh, longtime journalist and entertainer Nick Clooney will be uh, uh, our MC and will lead the gala. And for uh, those of us in Cincinnati, we know Nick as a longtime anchor here on one of the TV stations. He was also an anchor at uh, a station out in uh, Los Angeles for many years and also was a host on AMC, which I believe was American Movie Classics uh, cable TV channel. And if I'm wrong, correct me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, But uh, to the rest of the world, he's better known i guess as uh, rosemary clooney's brother or george clooney's dad so um it's really going to be great to have him there because he has quite a uh, a knowledge of uh of broadcasting he's uh, quite a reader and writer and a student of history and has a tremendous knowledge of how the voa was involved in uh in helping uh, shape our democratic way of life here in america um, but also uh, Carmen de Leon uh, and the new studio Big Band will play music selections from the days of live radio broadcasting. And uh, that'll be real interesting, I think. Uh, the museum also plans to offer uh, some special one-of-a-kind items for bid during the evening. But uh, the main thing uh, that's going to be exciting, uh, other than all the stuff I've talked about before, is we're opening a new exhibit on uh, uh, radio entrepreneur Powell Crosley, and Jay has a real thorough knowledge of, of Powell. Yeah, well, that, that's a that's a great deal. And Jay, let's uh, let's talk about that here in just a, a second. But Gary, uh, before we do that, I want to mention too uh, that your club station does have a special event station planned for the day of the gala, right? Yes. Um, we do plan to operate uh, starting mid-morning, probably around 9 o'clock, and be on the air uh, up until just before the event begins at 6 o'clock. Um, 
don't know for sure what frequencies will operate with conditions the way they are. We'll probably have to spot. So uh, keep your ears for us, and hopefully somebody will spot us so you can uh, have a little uh, – don't, don't have too much trouble finding us. Yeah, okay. So listen for that call sign. It's WC8VOA. Uh, so it should be an easy one to uh, pick out on the bands, but they'll be on there. So, yeah, let's let's go to uh, Jay. And uh, I was there over Hamvention weekend and, and was amazed at all the stuff you've added to the museum. And now uh, there's this new Powell Crosley exhibit. And uh, so tell us a little history on Powell Crosley. I know there's a, there's a good book out there, too. I, I've seen it. I wish I had time to, to sit down and read it. But... Um, Tell us about Powell Crosley and a little sneak peek into the uh, exhibit that's going to open up next week. Okay, very good, Neil. Well, Powell was a very interesting uh, gentleman in his uh, era. Um, if uh, if he were uh, evaluated by today's uh, standards, people would say that he was ADHD. Um <laughs> The guy was going in, in 20 directions at, uh, at all times. Um, started out as an entrepreneur at a very young age. His dad was a well-established lawyer here in Cincinnati, and he wanted uh, Powell uh, to go to law school. But Powell um, had, I think, a semester or two of law school at the University of Cincinnati and decided that was not for him. Uh, the thing that really interested him when he was uh, uh quite young were, were automobiles, which were just, you know, coming into, into uh, their own. And uh, Powell uh, started with uh, the idea that eventually he wanted to be an automobile manufacturer, and he was much later in life, but he wanted to be a manufacturer, but he started small. Um, he came up with an invention that um, would put a liner inside of uh, the tires of the day, that uh, helped uh, prevent flats. He also developed um, a, a radiator cap with a flag holder uh, that was popular during World War I. Um, Powell had a, a brother, Lewis, who became his business partner. And uh, he had some ups and downs in business. Um, he uh, also got into uh, a business that was uh, woodworking that made cabinets for Victrolas. And uh, in the early 20s, around 1921, uh, Powell's son, who at that time was about, I think, 10 or 12 years old, uh, was really interested in this new thing called radio. Uh, not so much broadcast radio, but radio in general. Um because there were very few broadcast stations on the air. There were a couple of experimental stations, but it was mostly amateur communications. And um, he tried to get his dad to, to, uh, to buy a radio receiver, and they went out to Cincinnati and uh, shopped around and found that the uh, average radio receiver was about $130 in 1920 dollars, which was big money at that time. And he figured there was a a better way to do it, a cheaper way to do it. So uh, he contacted the electrical engineering department at the University of Cincinnati and hooked up with a student, a fellow in the Dorman Israel. And um, with Dorman, he was able to 
come up with uh, an inexpensive uh, radio receiver, but he also realized that if you were going to market radio receivers, you had to have something to listen to. And at the time, there were only two or three stations that were on the air, but they were on the air at sporadic times. The programming wasn't very good, and uh, it was not something that would uh, drive people to want to necessarily have a, um, a receiver. So he, at that point in time, um, commercial radio was just coming around, but he started out actually with an amateur radio call, 8CR. And he had Dorman build a small transmitter that was an AM transmitter that he set up in the living room of his home. And he played music. He had a, a piano that uh, could be played for live music, but one of his favorites was the uh, Song of, of India. Um, and the Song of India was a popular tune at the time. He had a um, 78 disc that he played on a, on a crank-up Victrola, and uh, he was fascinated by the fact that he could, uh, with this 50-watt station, uh, be heard uh, in quite a few locations around the Cincinnati area by those who, who actually had receivers. And he realized that there was a future in this thing that uh, was coming about at that time called broadcasting. So he moved the station from his living room to the plant where he was building the, the woodworking materials, the, the uh, Victrola ca cabinets, and began to build radios for sale but also applied for a license and in March of 1922 was granted the call WLW. Uh, Crosley uh, increased the power to 500 watts with a homemade transmitter that uh, didn't work very well uh, and eventually that was replaced by a, a Western Electric transmitter and Powell sort of uh, dreamed in 10 dB steps so his uh, next step was to move to 5,000 watts. And for the first time in, in broadcast history, the transmitter was located away from the studio. It was located out in Harrison, Ohio. And uh, that happened in 1925. Um, so Powell uh, believed in, you know, in good programming. He hired uh, musicians and talent and uh, began building up the station. By the late 20s, uh, the station was at 5,000 watts, and he acquired um, a second station, WSAI, which was owned by the U.S. Playing Card Company. So Powell um, acquired the transmitter site out at Mason that WSAI uh, had built, uh, as part of the deal, and he moved WLW out to Mason alongside of WSAI, and again, thinking in 10 dB steps, he went to 50,000 watts in 1928, and um, at that point, he needed, since he was heard in many uh, areas uh, far off from Cincinnati, uh, needed better programming, 
So he built a new factory for his radio business um, and also his appliance business that he had started. Uh, in that building, he also set up the WLW studios, which were magnificent studios for their time. And uh, again, had uh, major improvements in programming. Uh, he was um, uh, part of the NBC radio network uh, sh around 1928. Uh, the the uh, network was beginning, and he uh, added WLW to the to the network. But unlike a lot of stations that only took the network in as a source, he was originating programming for the network as well as carrying some of the network programs. Well, again, thinking in 10 dB steps, in 1932, he had a new antenna system built for the station, the Blahnox Tower that still stands today in Mason. Uh, he also ordered a 500 kilowatt amplifier from RCA, who actually was a, pro a program manager for the project. The majority of the of the works of the transmitter were built by uh, the folks at Westinghouse and at General Electric. And that transmitter went on the air in, in 1934, 500 kilowatts. Uh, it was the highest power commercial AM station in the country. And by then, uh, he was, in essence, a network all to his own. His talent was that was there at the time uh, was uh, the, really the, some of the top people in the industry. Red Skelton was one of the, uh, the entertainers. Derwood Kirby, uh, Red Barber uh, was a sportscaster because at this point in time, he had acquired the Cincinnati Reds. So he was quite an entrepreneur, but radio wasn't his only business. I mentioned appliances, and he got into the the business of manufacturing things like refrigerators. He um, developed some very unusual appliances uh, and home devices. Um, he started a shortwave station, WLWO, focused on Latin America. He had some products that were for areas that typically didn't have uh, reliable electricity. So he, for example, he developed a thing called the icy ball, which was a, um, looked like a, a, a copper barbell with a handle on it. And the icy ball, uh, you could heat one end of the icy ball, put the other end in a, a an insulated, uh, compartment, like a, a refrigeration compartment, and it would keep food cold. Um, it, was based on a, um, a chemical reaction with uh, a solution that was similar to ammonia. Ammonia was one of the, the chemicals in it. And uh, it was used for refrigeration, again, in areas where, uh, where electricity wasn't um, uh, prevalent at, at the time. So uh, Powell was very, very diversified. Uh, building radios, building appliances, running a radio network and a broadcasting operation, um, owning the Cincinnati Reds uh, with Crosley Field at the time, 
Um, so he was quite quite an entrepreneur. And all this time in the background was his brother Lewis, who um, would sort of hold Powell's feet to the ground. Uh, Powell, you know, was always r- running off to 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 j- develop new ideas, new things that would generate money. But Lewis was the one who made sure they made money, and uh, they were very successful. Um, I think we have a break coming up, uh, Neil. Yeah, we do. We're just about uh, time for uh, the break, and then uh, we'll take people's calls. Uh, so let's uh, let, let's kind of fast forward here to to the exhibit, if we can, uh, real quickly, uh, and uh, and talk a little bit about this uh, exhibit that's going to open up and, and that's sure. uh, going to celebrate all of uh, Crosley's um, feats here. So, Paul, so Powell uh, really has never been recognized uh, via a collection or a museum. He, um, there, are, there are two facilities, one in Sarasota, which was his home down there, and also the home in suburban Cincinnati called Pinecroft. Uh, but both of those are now uh, what I would call meeting and social um, gathering places for wedding receptions, etc., uh, but there's really nothing to celebrate um, all the successes of, of Crosley. Uh, he did leave a legacy of buildings throughout Cincinnati, and uh, one of them, the home of WCET and WVXU, WGUC, uh, the other, uh, uh, the Crosley uh, Y. Uh, so we've pulled together many of the, the inventions that Powell uh, created. Um, we're going to have... Uh, I mentioned earlier that, that he was in the automo- automobile business with a factory over in uh, Richmond, Indiana. And we have uh, a couple of cars that will be on exhibit. Uh, we have the Shelvador refrigerator. The Shelvador, the concept of, of shelves inside the door. And there's a very interesting story we can tell later on, on that one. Um, the IC ball, he has the thing uh, that was called an exervac. Uh, Powell was a bit follically challenged. And he thought by putting this helmet on his head with a vacuum that he might be able to stimulate um, growth of hair. So he had several different versions of this thing called the exervac. Um, he had another, another very unique device way ahead of its time called Rito. Rito was, think of it as a one-way fax machine, receive-only fax machine, that would tune in to WLW overnight and would deliver on a thermo-type um, paper, thermofax-type paper, it would deliver your newspaper. So WLW overnight broadcast analog data that was the local newspaper. Uh, there were two other stations, WGN and WOR, that also were equipped and broadcast the Rito um, news uh, that Crosley developed and marketed. Um, so we have all of those things that are coming together in this collection, will be on display, and we'll be able to tell the, the story of how Crosley and the great things that he has done um, in in the world of uh, commercial consumer products. 
But he also did some very unique things um, to help the country. We all know about the VOA, the Voice of America, the Bethany station that was uh, built uh, in 19, started in 1942, was dedicated in 1944, but actually went on the air in late 43. But there's one other thing that few people know about, and that's called the proximity fuse. In the early days of World War II, many of the artillery shells, or the shells that were fired by the, the naval ships, um, did not hit their mark. They would, the, the average uh, strike was about one in 10. And it was because the shells got close, but never actually struck the target. And therefore, um, when they exploded, they didn't do, do much damage. Um, what Powell's engineers developed was a, think of it as a small nose cone that went on the, the front end of a projectile. And in that was a battery-powered transmitter and receiver that acted sort of like radar. And when the shell got close to a target, particularly, for example, shooting at aircraft, where you have a moving target to begin with and then the shell would just whiz right on by, the proximity fuse would sense that it was near an object and fire the shell. So the success rate on hits went from a mere 10% to well over 30% on every shell that was that was fired by, by the ships. Um, so the proximity fuse was a real secret. It was invented and built for the Naval Department, a Navy Department um, at the factory. And it's the reason, by the way, that WLW in 1942 was moved out of the factory to Ninth and Elm in downtown Cincinnati to what became Crosley Square because uh, the Navy didn't want any of those singers and banjo players and entertainers hanging around a factory where top secret work was going on. <laughs> so we happened to have a proximity fuse in the collection. Very nice. Well, we do need to take a break here, but uh, we'll come back. Uh, we've also got some news about some uh, new expanded hours of the museum, and uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll take your calls uh, in just a minute when we come back uh, after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a HamFest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and hand Sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Oh yeah, you're talking ham radio, baby. 
You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. And thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show to help bring you Ham Talk Live. Uh, this weekend, they're in Peoria, Illinois at the Superfest this weekend. And then you can catch them in Cedarburg, Wisconsin, September 23rd, uh, and in Belton, Texas on October 7th. Or you can give them a call at 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com. Tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live and, and tell them you want to take advantage of the 0% off sale going on right now. So... Give them a call. Well, it's uh, time for your calls. If you have a question about the uh, Voice of America Museum or the new uh, Powell Crosley exhibit, uh, give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us or tweet us at HamTalkLive. So uh, give us a call right now. We do have time to take a couple of calls this evening. So... Uh, and we've, we've got so much stuff to talk about with, with the museum and the history of, of Crosley and everything that, that we can't cram it all in in 45 minutes. So we're, we're going to try to finish up with some of the high points here. So give us a call, 812-NET-HAM-1 is the number. And while we're waiting on that, we do have some news about some changes to the hours of the museum. So Gary, why don't you take that one and, and tell us about uh, the good news. Well, Neil, as you probably know, and anyone that has tried to visit the museum knows, um, we've only been open one Saturday a month, um, and that's still the situation we're in. But beginning in October, on October 7th, uh, we do plan to be open every Saturday and Sunday, and we uh, hope to continue to do that until uh, next summer. And if we've got the arms and legs and things are working out, Hopefully, we will be open uh, two or three days during the week as well. So, um, you know, I know a lot of folks have said, geez, we'd like to come see you, but it's awfully uh, tough to get it scheduled. So we're trying to make that a little bit easier. Yeah, that that's great news. And I know uh, for me, it was it was hard to, to make sure that I had that uh, scheduled in. And and uh, fortunately, with the summers, I was able to, to do it uh, a few times. But uh, that's great news that uh, we'll be uh, open every Saturday and Sunday uh, starting in uh, in October. So that's uh, great news. Well, if you have a question, give us a call. 812-638-4261 is the telephone number to call. And uh, give us a call and we, we can talk about some stuff. And uh, we've got the uh, WC8VOA station that's uh, also been getting some upgrades. We may uh, talk about that here in a minute. And, uh, um, you know, the, the Crosley exhibit's going to be uh, open. That's uh, the new thing. And uh, Jay told us all, uh, all about that and how uh, WLW, the big one, came about. And... Uh, and uh, his uh, work too with building the uh, the Voice of America station there um, in Mason. So give us a call eight one two net ham one is the number. And um, until then, Gary, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the club station? I know you've got a new repeater up. You've got uh, some new rigs. You've got a seventy three hundred now, and and 
um, an SDR that you can operate remotely and all kinds of stuff. So tell us about uh, some of the upgrades to WCHVOA at the museum. Yeah, well, we're very excited, Neil, and I know you've been there and operated. Um, it's really different when you're there. It's uh, kind of like being DX, you know. So uh, we're looking for folks to come and operate uh, this equipment. But one of the things that has happened over the last year or so, we have had to reconfigure the antennas to accommodate uh, a new uh, handicap accessible building entrance and a parking area. And as a matter of fact, the event that we're holding is going to be outside with a tent on the new parking area. But uh, with the conf- reconfiguration, we now have two tri-banders um, and uh, an R7 vertical and a fan dipole for 80, 40, and 17, and a 75-meter uh, dipole, 40-meter dipole, 160-meter dipole, 6-meter beam, and 2-meter beam. So we've got most of the bands covered from HF up to, uh, to uh, VHF. And uh, we now have seven operating positions in the WC8VOA station. And uh, uh, the newest one is the IC7300 that you mentioned. And we've got an ALS1306 amp that goes with that. And then we've also got an IC9100 with an ALS600 amp and a TS590S with a Henry 2K Classic amp for you guys that are into classic uh, tube amps. We've got an ft450 digital rig a beginner's rig and then we've got an ic746 pro which we use for cw and vhf and uhf and then we do have a couple of uh, vintage rigs we have an ft101e that was donated to us by yezu it was the uh, last ft101 to come off of the uh, service line in california um, before they shut that down so uh, it's really great to hear the audio out of that rig too and then we also have a TS520 rig and some others we're going to rotate through there. But uh, we also have something that you can kind of get involved in from home. Uh, uh, Andy Crew, uh, ND8E, or ND8D, I'm sorry, uh, has uh, uh, installed an SDR radio uh, at uh, VOA, and you can actually access that radio um, through the wc8voa.org website get in there and you can see where to click to get into the receiver and uh it's kind of interesting we had uh uh chris and jocelyn chris kd8yvj and uh, jocelyn kd8vrx took part uh, took part in the youth dx adventure to costa rica and they actually used the sdr to monitor their signals out of costa rica to uh, see how propagation was to the Midwest. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. Um, And uh, the other thing that we've got new that's right there at VOA, we've got a low-profile 440 megahertz repeater we've put on the air, and there's quite a bit of information about that on the website as well if if anyone is interested. Uh, You know, we've had the... a repeater on 145.39 for several years, but uh, this is something we put on the air to, to kind of play with some new digital things. Uh, both of our repeaters are uh, fusion digital repeaters, but uh, we, you know, we haven't done as much as we thought we would when we got them, so we're trying to change that. Um, and uh, I don't know, Neil, what else did you want to hear about? Oh, I, I think I think we hit everything there. Um, 
And uh, you mentioned the website, wc8voa.org. And uh, then you've got voamuseum.org for the museum for information about that. And uh, um, over on the VOA side, I know you can sign up for an email list. I'm on that and, uh, and get some information from uh, the museum from time to time and, and what's happening there. Um, so check that out, and, and you can try out the, uh, the SDR from there and, and, and listen to uh, some stuff from the Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting. So if you uh, want to call us, you're just about out of time. So give us a call. It's 812-638-4261, 812-NET-HAM-1 for the calls. We just have a couple of minutes remaining, so uh, give us a call. But uh, did want to throw those uh, websites in there. And again, uh, the big celebration is September 23rd. Saturday, September 23rd, and uh, that starts uh, at 6 o'clock in the evening. So uh, the special event station will be on during the day leading up to that. And um, you can uh, you can check all of that out on the air. So be looking um, in the spots for WC8VOA. All right, well, yeah, we're just down to the last two minutes here. So... Um, Anything else, uh, Jay, that uh, that you want to throw in there? Sure. There is one other thing that Gary uh, didn't mention on the uh, club station, and that is that uh, we're looking at uh, developing a rhombic antenna for the club. Um, the 24 original antennas that were located out at the uh, uh, VOA were all rhombics, and we are planning a rhombic antenna that would uh, replicate the type of antenna structure that uh, that the VOA operated with. This antenna would be a northeast-southwest uh, pattern. And uh, there's actually, starting, I guess, tomorrow, Gary, tomorrow and Saturday, uh, they're yeah. going to be er- erecting a test version of the antenna and doing some, uh, some testing uh, and checking out the... Uh, the effectiveness of the antenna. You still there, Gary? Uh, yes. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You pretty well covered it, Jay. You know, that is what we're planning on doing. And hopefully, uh, uh, after we get a little more experience with this, we'll be able to uh, put up a uh, permanent antenna. Um, but we're looking at it as, you know, it's, it, we're developing a display, but we're also looking at it as a real good uh, learning activity for for people in the club. And one of the things I, I did want to mention, uh, Neil, uh, with these expanded hours, we're looking for volunteers. We need uh, people to be docents and uh, people to uh, help us in the ham station, come in and operate the ham station and welcome people in. So anybody that's uh, in the Cincinnati area, Cincinnati-Dayton area, or if you'd like to spend a weekend in Cincinnati every now and then, we'd love to have you sign up, and you can get information uh, on that on the uh, voamuseum.org website as well. Yeah, I'm going to need some volunteers to uh, take care of that, so uh, that would be, uh, be great. I'm, I may have to take you up on that at some point, too. So we'll uh, maybe in the summer we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, guys, we're out of time again. But uh, thanks for coming on and, and sharing with us about everything happening uh, next weekend. And 
um, all the things that are being added to the museum. It's been a pleasure, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Yep, good to always good to see you guys and, and talk with you and uh, and appreciate you coming on the show. So that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Again, thanks to Gary West, K8DEV, and Jay Adrick, K8CJY, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening in. And uh, next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, Scott Westerman, W9WSW, will be here to talk about Ham Radio Public Relations and the Great Lakes HamCon up in uh, Michigan. So for a list of all of our upcoming guests, just go over to hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7-3 and 7-5, and may the good DX be yours. Came right back to my CQ call.